leading a startup team, whether you're delivering a sugar rush, stocking coffee, or getting a regular delivery of snacks, Office Depot has solutions that fit every startup culture, from getting those first business cards and stationery to ordering fleece pullovers with your new logo. To learn how Office Depot and the California Technology Council have partnered to bring you savings on all of these startup essentials and more, go to californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. Bellicum Pharmaceuticals is developing cellular immunotherapies that modulate T-cell function through controllable molecular switches. The company is developing these immunotherapies to treat a range of cancers as well as rare inherited blood disorders. The company believes the ability to modulate these cells once they're in the body will provide safer and more effective immunotherapies. We spoke to Rick Fair, CEO of Bellicum, about the company's approach, how its molecular switches work, and its current therapeutic pipeline. Rick, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks, Danny, for having us. Appreciate it. We're going to talk about Cell Therapy, Bellicum's molecular switch platform, and, and your ability to modulate your cell products inside of a patient after they're administered. Let's start with your cellular immunotherapy platform, where you essentially put switches on cells that allow you to modulate T-cell function. What's the range of indications that you're considering for these therapies? Well, to be honest, Danny, I think we could really pursue any indication. Right now, we're, we're in a stage of, of really proving uh, the concept of the science in humans and uh, have done that with what we call our safety switch and, and are in the process of doing so with our, our activation switch. And I think once we've done that, we could really take it a lot of different directions. Currently, we have um, you know product candidates uh, being evaluated in pancreatic cancer. Uh, we have a pipeline uh, candidate that's on its way for a variety of solid tumors that express uh, HER2, a common uh, tumor target. And um, we have a, 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 an additional product that we're in the process of looking to partner that's uh, utilized in blood cancers and other uh, orphan uh, blood disorders treated with uh, stem cell transplantation. So pretty wide range of indications, but, but I would say broadly uh, the, the platform really could be used in any form of cancer. Well, Tell me about the switches. These, these can both activate and, and inactivate these cells. How do they work? Sure. So we're introducing uh, genetic modification to uh, patients or donors' immune cells, and those genetic modifications uh, express proteins. Uh, those proteins are designed to do nothing on their own. So if you if you simply infuse the cells, uh, you, they they behave as normal T cells would. Uh, but when those proteins are uh, dimerized or basically connected by a small molecule uh, proprietary to us called remediacid, uh, these uh, proteins uh, create signal, and they're activating signaling pathways uh, within the cell to sort of execute our program, if you will. 
we've we've applied this technology in two ways. One I mentioned is my our safety switch, also known as caspicide. In that uh, in that setup, our small molecule activates a uh, a suicide pathway uh, called um, uh, well, it signals a molecule called caspase nine, which basically tells the the cell to self destruct. So we we execute that program when we want to get rid of a T cell that's creating adverse events. The other uh, switch, as you mentioned, is an activating uh, signaling pathway. So in that in that setup, we are signaling a variety of uh, uh, pathways through through two two molecules, MyD88 and CD40. Uh, and with it, uh, activating these two molecules, it leads to activation of the immune cell, which leads to uh, proliferation of those cells um, and, and hopefully greater tumor killing. So those are the two uh, kind of approaches we have to applying cells to or applying our switches to uh, T cells today. So if, if I understood it correctly, the the safety switch, the the switch that induces cell death, you'd use in the case of hematopoietic stem cell transplantation. This is in case uh, a patient starts to develop an adverse response, uh, which is graft-first-host disease that can come from donor cells. What is graft-first-host disease and, and how serious a problem in this? And, and how are patients treated today if they develop it? Sure. So so maybe I'll I'll take one step back, Danny. I think the the safety switch can really be used to to uh, mitigate any uh, T cell mediated uh, toxicity. T cells are, are are potent killers, but they also can create a number of adverse events. As you mentioned, uh, a donor T cell could could create graft versus host disease, where a a foreign T cell attacks uh, a patient's um, healthy tissues as if it was foreign. Uh, and I could talk more about that and answer your explicit question. But but T, we also know T cells can create other uh, adverse events in in the CAR T cell world, uh, we've seen uh, fatal ev- adverse events associated with uh, cytokine release syndrome, a-, a phenomenon that occurs when you have a, a robust uh, proliferation of activated T cells. Um, we've also seen uh, fatalities associated with neurotoxicity of the, of the cells, so uh, adverse events in the brain. Um, and so really, in, in any of those contexts, the safety switch could be useful to quickly shut down uh, the T cells that are causing the adverse event and hopefully save the patient. So that's how we're thinking about it. As you mentioned, though, our, our first application of the safety switch was in a product we call RevoCell, uh, which is a, a donor T cell added back to a stem cell transplant patient. And as you mentioned, since they're donor T cells, they, they can recognize the patient's uh, organs as, as foreign and attack them, and this is what's known as graft-versus-host disease. Uh, it's a common problem in stem cell transplantation or, or really any uh, um, um, organ transplantation, uh, but, but our, our, our product's being studied in stem cell transplantation here. Uh, what we want to be able to do is provide the benefits that donor T cells can provide to prevent infections immediately post-transplant when the patient is immune-compromised can also prevent longer-term relapse of their uh, leukemia or lymphoma, which is a common problem in, in malignant patients who are, who are transplanted. So we want the benefit of those T cells, but, but we want to be able to manage graft-versus-host disease, uh, which can be a life-threatening toxicity in and of itself. So our, our, our T cells are, are modified with caspicide, so they can be eliminated if they're creating GVHD, and if they don't, then they're there to provide uh, therapeutic benefit. Today, uh, essentially, there are a number of treatments that, that clinicians use to manage GVHD. They tend to just be uh, very potent immunosuppressants. Uh, and while that they can be effective in mitigating the, the, um, 
the, the graft-versus-host disease, immune-suppressing transplant patients over long periods of time can have its own problems. It makes them very susceptible, again, to infections or leukemic relapse. So you know, our, our product really allows the clinician to get the best of both worlds, the immune protection of, of donor T-cells uh, with the ability to manage GVHD without really affecting it. And how quickly and completely are you able to shut that down? Yeah, that's a good question. So, you know, uh, pharmacodynamically, our our cells begin to self-destruct during the infusion of the small molecule remediacid. So we've been able to show that that happens within hours. Uh, clinically, what we've seen in the Revo Cell clinical trial is, uh, you know, resolution of, uh, I shouldn't say resolution, I'd say overall response of, of GVHD in 70% of patients who received remediacid and that the median time to response was one day. So these are patients who you know, most patients who received remediacid in our clinical trial had benefit. Uh, their, their GVHD either became lower grade or was uh, um, completely alleviated, and, and it happened quickly, typically in the first day, uh, once receiving a small molecule. In the case of CAR T-cell therapies, are you putting both activation and shutdown switches on them? Yeah, so uh, that's our current uh, plan moving forward. In our first-generation CAR T-cell, our, our first CAR T program is BPX-601, uh, targeting uh, an antigen known as prostate stem cell antigen expressed in, in GI and GU tumors primarily. Um, BPX-601, we hadn't yet engineered both switches into the same cell, so BPX-601 only has the activation switch. Um, starting with our next product candidate, BPX-603, which I mentioned earlier, targeting HER2, uh, and, and, and beyond, uh, our CAR T-cells will have both uh, an activation and a safety switch. We, we, we sometimes use a CAR metaphor to explain these things, and you, know, you can think of the activation switch as the gas pedal or the accelerator, and the, and the safety switch as the brake. You know, clearly, even if you only have a gas pedal in the cell, you can, you can slow down by taking your foot off the accelerator. But if you really need to stop quickly in, a, in an acute situation, you want to have the brake pedal there, too, and, and, and that's why we've uh, engineered a cell that has both. Uh, what exactly happens when you activate a cell? Yeah, good question. So um, essentially the way that uh, immune cells work is that when they are activated by, by uh, an antigen, uh, by encountering antigen, they uh, proliferate. Uh, so you create an army of those T cells and they, they kill the, uh, um, the, the uh, cells expressing that antigen. And in the, you know, in the case of a cancer therapy like a CAR T cell, what you're looking for is a cancer antigen being expressed on a tumor. Once the um, uh, T cell finds that tumor antigen and, and proliferates, you create an army of T cells that hopefully wipe out that tumor. That's the intent. What our activation switch essentially does is it gives an additional boost. By giving it a second signal, which tells it to activate and proliferate, uh, we, we can create more T cells and we can, we can cause them to re-expand over time so that they hang around longer so that we can get a more comprehensive kill of the tumor. Your lead candidate, BPX501, is in clinical trials for pediatric blood cancers and inherited blood disorders. This is a, an allergenic hematopoietic stem cell therapy. What do we know about the safety and efficacy of this therapy to date, and how does it perform relative to traditional bone marrow transplantation? Sure. So the, uh, we're now calling BPX uh, BPX five hundred one Revocell, uh, which is short for the the generic name Revogenlaclusal, uh, a mouthful. So Revocell it is. Um, we're adding this back. Uh, it's a donor T cell added back to a uh, a partially matched or half matched stem cell transplant. Um, 
stem cell transplant uh, is, is, has historically been based on matching of human leukocyte antigen. Uh, HLA is the way that your immune system determines self versus other. And uh, when transplanting patients, we know from decades of experience that the better the HLA match, the better the outcomes, uh, the more likely that you, you won't see uh, lethal levels of graft-versus-host disease. You'll get better engraftment and, and hopefully, um, you know, re- replace the, the bone marrow and ultimately the immune system of the patient in a way that's curative. So uh, in the patients who don't have an HLA-matched donor, which can be as many as, you know, uh, say 30% of, of transplant patients, uh, that HLA mismatch can create lots of GVHD, which creates complications. Again, I de- as I described earlier, uh, if you see GVHD, the way to manage it is by immune-suppressing the patients, and, and by immune-suppressing the patients, you, you make them susceptible to infections or malignant relapse. So our T-cells are intended to address that T-cell trade-off. We can give them donor T-cells, provide immune protection in a mismatched transplant, and make the outcome better. Uh, what we've seen in our clinical trial in pediatric patients, a trial known as um, uh, BP004, uh, is that we've been able to make uh, a mismatched or half-matched uh, transplant as good as or maybe better than a patient with an HLA match donor. So we have a comparative uh, uh, trial uh, that we use as a comparative data set, and um, we demonstrated in the, the results of that phase two study non-inferiority to that comparative data set. And, and, and so we know that we've made um, a mismatch transplant, which have, uh, historically have had much worse outcomes, as good as a, a match transplant, which is you know, really clinically meaningful and important for, uh, again, those 30% or so of patients who don't have an HLA match donor. And what's the path forward? If all goes well, when might you be able to file for a regulatory approval? Sure. So we're uh, currently planning a regulatory filing in Europe. Uh, the European health authorities have indicated that the BP004 trial, which was a single arm uh, phase one, two study, would be adequate as a basis for registration. So we're in the process of preparing that filing. In parallel with that, we're looking for a, a commercial partner who would take on the, the commercialization of the, the product uh, in Europe and uh, then the further development of that product for uh, new indications and uh, for, for launch in other markets. Uh, in the U.S., the FDA expressed an interest in seeing a randomized uh, controlled trial for basis uh, for registration. So we initiated a, a trial in adult and adolescent uh, patients with AML or MDS. Um, and that trial uh, we've initiated and uh, we'll, we'll look to, to hand off to a partner as soon as we identify them. You're also in clinical development of BPX-601 for pancreatic, gastric, and prostate cancers. Is this being developed as a, a single agent, and what do you know about its safety and efficacy to date? Sure. So initially, it's being uh, developed as a single agent. Uh, we've recently uh, completed dose escalation in a uh, phase one uh, trial, uh, evaluating the safety of these cells in our activation switch in patients with pancreatic cancer. Uh, we have one more step, really, in the safety evaluation, which is to evaluate the safety of cells followed by uh, scheduled weekly dosing of our small molecule remediacid. To date, in our study, we've only activated these cells once uh, just to evaluate the safety of that at, at higher and higher cell doses. Uh, we now want to use the system as we've designed it, which is to reactivate these cells on an ongoing basis to drive greater levels of efficacy. So we're in the process of enrolling uh, a, a, a cohort of patients to evaluate the safety of that regimen. And if we uh, clear that safety hurdle, then we'll move into an expansion phase where we'll look for 
efficacy signal, as you mentioned, in pancreatic, uh, prostate, and gastric cancers, all of which express uh, PSEA in a majority of patients. Um, what we know so far from the dose escalation experience is that uh, it, the product is safe uh, in pancreatic cancer patients up to uh, the highest dose we've explored at 5 million cells per kilogram. Um, we also know that we can activate those cells with our IMC activation switch with a single dose of remediacid. We see um, markers of T-cell expansion in, in the circulation of, of these patients, and we see cytokines that would indicate that the T-cells have been activated so that we know our technology is working. And now we're really looking to, again, clear this last safety hurdle and then look for uh, activity. The tumor microenvironment is dynamic. One issue with CAR-T therapies is that tumors can become resistant to them. Does the ability to modulate these cells in any way counter the ability of cancers to grow resistant? Yeah, we think so. So one of the challenges, uh, particularly in solid tumors, uh, well, you mentioned you mentioned one of them, which is the tumor microenvironment. The, the tumor throws lots of defenses uh, at uh, immune cells and, and shuts them down or exhausts them. Um, we, what we've shown with our IMC activation switch is that we're able to we're able to uh, reactivate these cells and cause them to be resistant to the immune checkpoints and suppressive factors that they might find in the immune uh, uh, tumor microenvironment. So uh, checkpoints like PD-1, uh, suppressive factors like PGF-beta, uh, we've shown in our preclinical work that our CAR T cells with IMC signaling are resistant to uh, those checkpoints. So they should remain active in the tumor microenvironment where current generation of CAR T therapies aren't. So that's certainly one way that we think we address uh, this problem of resistance. The other problem of resistance in solid tumors has to do with the, the tumor target antigens themselves. Uh, you know, solid tumors uh, uh, rarely express proteins at high levels that aren't expressed somewhere else in the body, and when they do, they can express them heterogeneously. And so, you know, one problem uh, cancer therapies that have a single target have is they might kill the tumor cells that are expressing that antigen at a high level, but they might not kill the other tumor cells, which might re-expand and, and, and cause a relapse. Um, the, the way we think we may be addressing that with um, our, our T cells is that IMC signaling produces a lot of pro-inflammatory cytokine and chemokine. And that, those cytokines and chemokines will, will uh, in theory, attract and activate the patient's own immune system, uh, which should contribute to tumor killing. And that immune system should be less specific. It won't look necessarily for a specific tumor antigen. It will simply look for uh, cells that are expressing any tumor antigen and, and therefore eliminate you know, a, a wider set of tumor cells. So that, that's certainly hypothetical. We know we create cytokines and chemokines, and we know what the impact of that should be. I think we're, we're looking very carefully in, in our clinical experiment at, uh, via tumor biopsy at what's happening in the tumor microenvironment to see if we're actually causing host immune cells to uh, rally to tumor and to uh, contribute to the tumor killing, and we'll be able to report on that more in the next year. Rick Fair, President and CEO of Bellicum Pharmaceuticals. Rick, thanks so much for your time today. Yeah, thanks, Danny. I appreciate you having us. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. 
If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.